another edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Iceland Foods Limited and Berry Valuation Officer, and the citation for this case is 2018 UKSC 15. Now, I think that most people who are listening to this podcast will have uh, at least been to or have heard of Iceland, but in case you haven't or maybe you're listening from outside of the UK, Iceland is a supermarket chain that specialises in, as the name suggests, frozen food. At issue in this case is a warehouse that the company has in Liverpool, and in particular something called an air handling system that is basically used to keep things cool and regulate the temperature. Under the Valuation for Rating Plant and Machinery England Regulations 2000, if the system is being used as part of, quote, manufacturing operations or trade processes, end quote, then it will reduce the amount of rates that have to be paid on the property. The legal dispute then is actually incredibly simple. Iceland think that the air handling system falls within the definition and want to pay less tax, while the valuation officer disagrees and is arguing that the system should be included when it comes to valuing the property for paying rates. The Supreme Court began by diving into the legislation a little further. When it comes to rateable value of commercial property, the Local Government Finance Act 1988 makes it clear that the law is trying to estimate the amount of rent that the property could attract in any given year. There are also certain assumptions that have to be taken into account before arriving at this figure, and these are included in the regulations that we mentioned earlier from the year 2000. These regulations also have their own interesting backstory, as they derive from a 1993 report produced by an expert advisory committee. The aim was to try and harmonise the law across the UK because by that point there were so many difficulties and nuances that the law was next to impossible to understand. In general, there was an acceptance that when looking at equipment or machinery that could be classed as tools of the trade, then it should not contribute towards the rateable value. There are of course exceptions to this, and as with any area of the law, this creates grey areas that are open to interpretation. Returning to our present case, we need to consider whether an air handling system can be thought of as part of manufacturing operations or trade processes, but the report does provide a clue in that Annex L specifically states that refrigeration plants should be excluded from valuation. Bearing this in mind, the argument provided by the valuation officer was not exactly convincing. They submitted that the exclusion in the regulations only applied to equipment involved in production, and not other activities such as retail, as was the case with Iceland. This makes no sense though because that is not the wording in the legislation and, on the contrary, there is an explicit mention of trade processes. Furthermore, the general exception for tools of the trade does not specify or limit what the trade is, whether retail, commercial or industrial. In the end, the attempts to establish a narrower interpretation of the law just don't hold water. Admittedly, the lower courts that found for the valuation officer made a better effort by holding that an operational process refers to active production or at least something that is transformative as opposed to an air handling system that is merely for preservation. Upon a literal interpretation, that is likely true, but thinking about this area of the law as a whole is 
clear that this is not just a normal part of the warehouse, but is instead directly related to Iceland's business and therefore should rightly be thought of as a tool of their trade. The idea of a trade process, then, is wide enough to encompass anything that happens to a company's produce, goods or materials. On this basis, the five justices found unanimously in favour of Iceland. When it comes to evaluating this case, there are certainly at least two things worth highlighting. The first is about statutory interpretation, and in particular the benefit of using a 1993 report to interpret a set of regulations from 2000 in the year 2018. This time differential is then only emphasised by the technological innovation that has occurred throughout the period. I don't think this is as bad as it first appears, however, because the regulations are drafted in such a way so as to rely more on principle than prescription. What I mean by this is that instead of detailing each individual piece of equipment that may or may not fall within the valuation, they instead set out a more general proviso in relation to manufacturing operations or trade processes. The advantage of doing this is that the law can be more flexible in response to technological shifts, as well as changes to the ways of doing business. There is also a disadvantage because this does leave the law open to interpretation, but to be honest that is the nature of the law and is what the courts are there for. The final thing to highlight is the actual case brought by the valuation officer. Of course, Berry isn't bringing this case on their own. As a valuation officer, the case will have been taken up by the Valuation Office Agency, an executive body under HM Revenue and Customs. While they had some success in the lower courts, one does have to wonder how much chance they really felt they had of long-term success in this case. The position is rather weak in the first place, but in particular, the argument that was advanced before the Supreme Court can only, at best, be described as a stretch, and at worst is trying to find legislation that simply isn't there. In the end, one really does have to wonder if it is the best use of taxpayers' money to ask five Supreme Court justices if Iceland uses fridges as part of their trade. Well, thank you very much for downloading this episode, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Special thanks this week go to both Catherine J 1973 who left a positive review of the podcast on iTunes and also to Law Student in Sea Boots who is no longer on the sea but is rather listening to the podcast on the bus. So thank you to both of you for leaving a review. That is always very much appreciated. And if you haven't had the chance to leave a review yet, then make sure that you go onto iTunes and do so because it really helps the podcast. We're up to about 54 reviews now which is amazing, but it'd be good to sort of get that even higher. If you enjoy the podcast, then you may also want to check out some of my other work. You can find that at uklawweekly.com or most commonly on my YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com forward slash Marcus Cleaver. Well, thank you again for listening and I'll be back with another case next week. So for now, bye!